I'm not going to shoot you, Dr. Delaware, even though I should. What's the proper response to something like that? Gee, thanks. Appreciate the discretion. Hope you don't change your mind. Hmm, sounds like you're feeling homicidal. When in doubt, say nothing. My job features doubt on a daily basis, but it's good advice for anyone. I sat in my chair and crossed my legs in order to appear unperturbed and continued to look into the eyes of the person who just threatened my life. In return, I received a serene stare, not a flicker of regret in the flat brown eyes, just the opposite, icy contentment. I'd seen the same creepy, inanimate confidence in the eyes of psychopaths locked up in supermax cells. The person across the room had never been arrested. None of the usual warning signs had been present. No delusions or command hallucinations. None of the bizarre mannerisms or twitchy volatility that can result from too many crossed wires. No seepage of testosterone leading to unbridled violence. The person who'd just threatened my life didn't have much in the way of testosterone. Her name was Constance Sykes, and she preferred to be called Connie. She was 44 years old, medium build, medium height, blonde turning to gray, with a handsome, square-jawed face, a mellow voice, and perfect posture. She'd been a straight-A student, had earned a B.A. in chemistry, Phi Beta Kappa, Summa Cum Laude, followed by an M.D. at a top medical school, then a prestigious internship and residency and board certification in pathology. She owned and operated a small, private lab in the valley that specialized in testing for sexually transmitted diseases and arcane infections, drove a Lexus, and lived in a house far too large for one person. Most people would call her wealthy. She described her financial status as comfortable. Every time I'd seen her, including this morning, she'd been well-groomed and dressed in quietly fashionable clothing. She had her issues, but nothing that had predicted this. A self-professed loner, Connie Sykes seemed at ease with never having lived with anyone since leaving home for college. Matter-of-factly, she'd let me know she was an expert on self-sustenance, had never needed or wanted or imagined another person in her life. Until the baby came along. She hadn't gestated the baby or given birth to the baby, but she wanted the baby, felt she deserved to have the baby, had gone to considerable effort and expense to get the baby. That quest had been doomed from the outset, with or without my input, but I'd been paid to offer an expert opinion on her case, and Connie Sykes had just learned that she'd most certainly fail in her claim, and she was unaccustomed to losing, and someone needed to be blamed. She'd stirred up needless pain, but I felt some sympathy for her. My best friend, a gay homicide detective, describes psychologists as reflexive yeah-sayers. Forget Dr. No, your doctor's sure no problem. Of course he's right, 
If therapists enjoyed deprivation and prohibition, we'd have studied for the clergy or run for office. I figured if Connie Sykes called, I'd do my best to offer support, maybe smooth the edges. She didn't. She just showed up. I had time, so I led her to the office. She entered no differently than before, settling straight-backed, but barely perched on the battered leather sofa the way she always did. Removing her glasses, she placed them in a hard leather case that she dropped into her fine, oversized Italian drawstring purse and smiled. I said, Morning. She said, Is it? <laughs>